So can you tell us what the most unladylike thing about each other is? Uh, Interesting. Uh, Gabby doesn't bathe. Yes, I do. Um, she, <laughs> I, not enough. <laughs> I do. What? How many times are you supposed to shower a week? Let's see, that's the wrong question. My first thought that came to mind was your um, vocal hatred of Republicans. <laughs> Like that's how, unladylike. Well, because it's not like polite. It's not the like oh, politeness yeah. of like let's just not talk about politics or whatever. Oh no! Like no. you will vocally be like, "Hi, if you're a Republican, do not speak to me. Do not look at me." Like it's <laughs> very like it's and it's like landed you in some hot water, which I enjoy. I'm like very much like, "Hey, yes." I thought you were gonna say my burping. Mm. The burping is a medical problem. It's unladylike. <laughs> it's acid reflux. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't shame you. I mean, I was thinking a choice you've made. Oh, interesting. Similar to how my cleanliness is a choice I've made. Right. Yeah. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Unladylike, the show that finds out what happens when women break the rules. I'm Caroline, and true story, I have acid reflux, too. How's that for Unladylike coincidences? (laughs) I'm Kristen, and uh, Caroline, I don't have acid reflux, but I do love to have a good burp. So there we go. And listeners, today we're not talking about burping, but we are giving y'all a sequel of sorts to an episode we did back in season two called How to Be Girlfriends. And in that episode, we looked at the importance and cultural complications of female friendships. This time around, our guests are going to help us take friendship to the next level. I've never just described you as my friend. (laughs) It seems too, like, um, it doesn't seem to convey enough. No. Yeah. My life partner. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Together, Gabby Dunn and Allison Raskin have co-authored a novel, pinned some TV pilots, and created the hit YouTube channel Just Between Us. And y'all, this is actually their second time on Unladylike, but it's the first time we've had them together. They're also launching a new Just Between Us podcast tomorrow. But Caroline, as you and I know from firsthand experience, from quitting our day jobs and starting Unladylike Media together, when you start a business with your friend or, you know, life partner— Shit can get real, real fast. You're officially mixing business with pleasure. And, you know, for us, it's taken a whole other level of trust and communication to make our work work. Totally. And that's why Gabby and Allison, a.k.a. Gallison, are here to pull back the curtain on being professional BFFs. They're going to tell us how they navigate the highs and lows. Dan, y'all trust us. They're not going to pull any punches. Yeah. And Caroline, you and I also get pretty honest about the unladylike parts of running unladylike. It's all to help us figure out how do you stay honest with your besties, even when the truth might hurt. So Gabby and Allison, one thing that that I personally love about Just Between Us is how honest y'all have been about the different phases of your friendship and, and the rocky times that y'all have gone through as well. Um, and we're going to dive into that. But first, how would y'all describe your relationship? I would say Allison's better for, at friendship than I am. Do you want to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say that our relationship has 
like changed forms many many times over many the years. times and so there's times when like i think when we started out when we were younger there was more codependency mm-hmm. and then there was the times when we weren't friends at all but still had a business to run together I know, and we're still making videos even though we were fighting <laughs> um and now i'd say I would just—I des- like to describe it more as like a sister relationship. Yeah, where like it's not necessarily like twenty-four-seven checking in all the time because Gabby doesn't like that, even though I try. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but I'm like, apparently very bad at texting, and I've been told it now multiple times over the last few months. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, but like I, I have noticed that like I, you know, because I'm, I don't know if everyone knows I'm single and I've been <laughs> dating and I can't go like thirty minutes without talking about Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. On your dates? <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. I think they might think I'm obsessed with you. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's like a a cool gatekeeper situation. Because <laughs> yeah. now they're probably f- afraid of me. I hope so. I just like. You know, because, like, other people, you'll just be like, oh, my friend did this. But, like, date what? I'm like, anyway, my comedy partner's name Gabby. You should remember her name because <laughs> I'm going to bring it up a lot. Gabby and Allison are as close as sisters from different misters now. But their meet-cute only happened about five years ago when they were in their mid-20s. Yeah, so they were both at the same comedy open mic night. And Allison noticed Gabby. We were in front of I.O. West in Hollywood. And I had just moved to L.A., uh, and we looked more similar at the time. Like I, yeah, had lo- Gabby didn't look scary then. Yeah, I had long brown hair, um, and so I was, I was like, I don't know, outside, and and you had to like check in and then wait outside, and there weren't that many women, and uh, you came up to me and were like, hey, and <laughs> I'm what not. Did I say, I don't even know, but I'm, I, you were like this little, like Tory Burch flats, like little, like out, little like skirt and like. I don't know. I wasn't wearing a skirt. You just looked very like um like upper east side. Thank you so girl. much. And I uh am trash. And so I was like, why is this person talking to me? And also you like pursue friendship really hard. Yeah. Like you were like immediately like wanting to go to a second location and like, well, we should get dinner. What's your phone number? Like very and I uh am not that way at all. So I was like, what is this girl playing at? And then I for a while was like, I guess we're dating. For like a good, I don't know, few months or whatever. No, you didn't. No, because you, well, you would do this thing where Allison's so straight and so uh, just like a good person. But she was like, we would like sit and when you would drop me off at my house, we would like sit in your car and talk for 45 minutes. Yeah, because that's friendship. Is it? (laughs) In In my experience, yes. Well, then I would get out of the car and go into my apartment and my roommates would be like, why were you just in the driveway? And I was like, me and this girl are falling in love. Uh, and then I remember very consciously being like, oh, well, if we have this YouTube channel, like, we can't date, so. And then I just, like, th- then I just, like, let, let it you go. You thought we were dating that far into the friendship? No way. I remember standing outside your house being like, you know, for the good of, I mean, because I'm, like, arrogant, right? So I was like, well, for the good of the channel, I should just let it go. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I forgot about it. And then much later, I was, like, interested in this girl, and you were like, and you were like, oh, that's so interesting that to hear about you pursuing this girl. You were like never interested in me. And I almost like threw a plate at your head. <laughs> I had no idea. I was almost like, are you out of your mind? And you were like, and you were like, when? And I was like, what? The whole begin? What? So how did your different perceptions of uh, the very start of your relationship, like, do you feel like that has impacted your dynamic at all? 
Or did it ever? Maybe in the beginning. I felt flattered. Well, I was doing a lot of stuff for you. Like I set up your Bluetooth and I was like fixing things around the house. Oh, really? Thank you. Right. Well, ma- and I like had- I did stuff for you. Yeah. I right. Well, less fix it type like stuff. Fix it. Yeah. More like here's a way to like have an emotionally healthy bond with another person. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe, what is friendship? Right. That what kind is of maybe stuff. don't have a temper? You well, Allison taught me a lot about friendship because I was like a a party person and I had a lot of friends who were like par- party friends mm-hmm. and you were like. Uh, what I would say, like, oh, that per- person's my friend. And you would go, what's their last name? And I would be like, what? Who cares? <laughs> and so, like, there was de- there's definitely been a shift. And then I would be so surprised when that person who was, like, literally just, like, a, like a, a drunk friend would do something fucked up. And you would be like, well, yet you don't know them. And I'd be like, mm, no, I think that I do. And so I think I, like, learned a lot about uh, how to be – um, more discerning and like uh, protect yourself a bit more and like getting to know people versus just being like everyone has the same intentions that I do because we're all just like fun time people. So that was like a nice shift from when we first met. And then I feel like there's friends now that I have that are like way more substantial than than it. But I don't know that I would have come to that conclusion on my own. That's beautiful. Allison, do you feel like um, Gabby has shaped how you approach friendships? I think that Gabby has made me feel safe in a friendship in a way I've never felt safe before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I grew up, you know, with a lot of mental health stuff. Like, um, I got diagnosed with OCD when I was four. And, like, from then on, had, a, you know, been sort of, like, battling OCD, anxiety, and depression in different forms, Um until this beautiful day today. Um, <laughs> and, you know, whenever I'd go through a bad spell, I'd kind of and lose a friend mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of throughout that spell. Or, you know, I had a really, really hard time maintaining friendships growing up. And um, I because of that, I became very skittish around friends and was, like, always so afraid that if I, like, took one wrong step that they'd be gone. Like once, when Allison was starting college, she had knee surgery. And when she thought her longtime best friend didn't come visit her in the hospital, she kind of freaked out. I, like, wrote her this, like, crazy letter being like, we're not friends anymore. Like, I thought I'd be at your wedding, but, like, clearly I'm not going to be. And, like, we're done. Like, thinking that she would be like, no, Mm -hmm. let me fight for you back. And instead she was like, okay. (laughs) Um, You know, and so obviously that was not healthy behavior. Turns out years later I learned that she did, in fact, visit me the day of my surgery, but I was so doped up I didn't remember. remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So that's one of the greatest tragedies of my life. But um, that kind of thing, like, it could have gone with you being like, hey, why didn't you visit me? And then she would have gone, I did. Versus, exactly, like, exactly. Acting, acting out initially as the first step. Yeah. But, yeah. like, if I sent Gabby that letter, she'd be like, you are a moron. I'm coming over now. And also, I've been there. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so. I, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there right now. Um. And, like, in college, like, I, you know, like, I'd have all these falling out with people and I'd, like, lose all my friends and I'd be so sad and lonely. And, like, at the time, you're like, oh, people are horrible. And looking back, I'm like, well, probably my behavior was not the best. (laughs) I was probably not the most fun to be around. You know, how many 20-year-olds want to hang out with, like, a depressed person? Um, And, like, that's totally valid. Um, But, you know, I think a big part of, like, wanting to get healthy was so that I could, like, maintain these friendships. Mm Mm-hmm. And have, like, the the – uh, the, skill the skills to, to talk so. about, yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff where my – I was talking to my therapist about this yesterday. Where, like, uh, my 
I'm I'm in therapy, I'm on meds, and like my instinct is to there's two things like that could happen. One is <clears throat> light a match and burn this shit to the ground. <laughs> and the other side is like just hug them and apologize, right? And so if something's going on, I can see both sides. Right. And my full instinct is kamikaze this plane. But I so I haven't changed in that that's not still my instinct. But I can now take the steering wheel and very hard to turn steering wheel, turn it the other way. And so like I I still want to do the other thing, but I'm like, no, no, do go to whatever. And I know it's unnatural, but just turn the big boat steering wheel towards hug oh, and apologize. On I'm on know. a boat. I'm that's on a boat cool. in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, because what else? Because like I thought you were on a, in a car, but that's, no, no, a no. car steering wheel very easy to Got turn. It. A boat steering wheel very hard. Well, not if you're in a 1968 Chevy station wagon. I'll that's true. Say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So I was saying, like, my instinct to put gasoline on the fire hasn't gone away. But I just go, okay, I know that that's what you think you need to do. But whatever you think you need to do, just do the opposite of that. Could we back up for just a second? I'm curious. You mentioned, like, okay, so uh, you you become friends. You met at this comedy show. And then, like, oh, and then we have Just Between Us. Like, okay, I don't just randomly meet people and then start YouTube channels with them. What happened in the interim? How did you how did you guys decide to start doing this together? We had started projects with other people. They just hadn't ever worked out. Yeah, I mean, we were coming from a place of like pure desperation. So mm-hmm. it actually like wasn't that big of a leap to like meet another person in comedy and be like, okay, what can we make together? Mm-hmm. Like I think during that time in our early 20s or mid-20s, that was like very much what we were doing with not just each other, but with other people too. Trying to figure out what could what yeah. could possibly become a career and garner attention at all. And also I always say this, like in LA, you meet a lot of people who want to do stuff, but they never do it or they don't follow through. Or like it could have very easily been like we shot these episodes and then, no, and then never edited them. Like there's so many people who like I, I had a – uh, a guy I was dating and he and I did a podcast with his roommate and it took forever. <laughs> we never like it took forever to put it out because they were like so bad about putting it out. And, and they'd I would be like, like, this isn't perfect. Let's just not even release this episode. Right. Which like me and Allison, like the first five episodes of JBU, there's no lighting. So they may as well be a podcast. Like <laughs> yeah, you can't even you can't even see us. <laughs> they're bad. But we were like, whatever, they're bad. Let's just start posting. And so like we would just and like we'll get better eventually. They did get better. Gabby and Allison's YouTube channel, Just Between Us, has more than 700,000 subscribers. Like, it really launched both of their careers. So much so that they both quit their day jobs to go into business together. But what happens when you become professional besties? Gabby and Allison spill their friendship tea when we get back. back with Allison Raskin and Gabby Dunn, comedy partners and co-creators of the new podcast and longtime YouTube channel, Just Between Us. Yeah, our five-year anniversary is in April. In April. What should I get you? Diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> That's the five-year anniversary. I think it's yeah, like... But just make sure they're clean diamonds. Isn't five, isn't five years like it's like the sandpaper anniversary? It's like one of those weird ones. <laughs> like wood, wood or plastic. I think year one is wood. Weird, or wood. paper. Anyway, that's okay, what you year, wanted to year know. five, it's confirmed. Uh, year five is wood. Whoa, okay. how did you know that? Because it's like one of the <laughs> shitty ones. Oh, okay. 
If you haven't caught one of their YouTube videos, Just Between Us is a slightly stylized on-screen version of Gabby and Allison's friendship dynamic in real life. It's one part sketch comedy and one part advice. This week's question is American, and it comes from Rebecca in Michigan. Don't read from my car. I couldn't even read your handwriting if I wanted to. How much should you talk to an ex? Like, it seems like you go back almost like way far into the archives to find one that relates to something you've been meaning to confront me about. No, this one was pretty recent, but it worked out well for me. And a big part of their chemistry is playing up their differences. You know, Gabby, the radical queer rabble-rouser, and Allison, the uptight goody-goody. I mean, we literally were Felix and Oscar from The Odd Couple. That's, like, literally what we were ripping off. And nobody ever was like, you know you guys are like Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, which one is which? Uh, Jack Lemon is the uptight one. Jack Lemon is Allison. Oh, and Allison Gabby, you're is Walter Jack Matthau, Lemon. I am right? Walter Matthau, a hundred percent. I've never been more Walter <laughs> Matthau in my life. No, Allison's Jack Lemon. Obviously, you have no idea who I'm talking about. I know Jack Lemon. Okay, great. <laughs> Some like it hot. Yes. Wow. Hey. I went to film school, bitches. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Gabby and Allison talk about all kinds of topics across their shows. Mental health, body image, friendship. And oftentimes, even when they start out on different sides of a topic, they find themselves agreeing at the end. Like with feminism. For me, feminism was men and women are equal. Mm -hmm. And for Gabby, feminism was men are trash and women are better. (laughs) (laughs) And there was like a more nuanced, I think like you, you were like, yeah, like, obviously, like, what, like, why wouldn't people, like, feminism, like, yeah, of course. And I was like, here's the books and the theory. And, like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I was coming at, it was, like, a more radicalized. I would just, we would just argue because she would, she would bash men and I would. They deserve it. And now, believe me, I bash men constantly, but. <laughs> yeah, you were, like, more. Pre- I was much more, like, equal rights. See both sides. I was, yeah. yeah. And now I'm much more, like. Let's just lock them up. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's really, um, I think it's like, um, I think you were trying not to alienate people at first. Yeah, and then, I like, slowly over time, you were just like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and then I, which, like, history has proven, I think, me correct. Uh, uh, yes. Thank you. So how did going into, like, full-time business for yourselves affect your friendship? Not, it wasn't good. Yeah. Um. We had a tricky situation where we were comedy partners and on-screen partners, and then people assumed that meant we were writing partners, and um, that has caused a lot of problems in our relationship because um, I don't work well with others when it comes to writing. (laughs) Very gentle way of putting it. (laughs) And, you know, and there was just a lot of stuff about kind of figuring out who does what, where, what the credit is. And you never, you never wanted a writing partner. It was like this thing where I think people wanted us to be writing partners right. more than we wanted to be writing partners. And but we, I didn't. At least I didn't know enough about the industry to know that we didn't have to be writing partners. The writing partnership was straightforward when Gabby and Allison co-authored their novel called I Hate Everyone But You. I mean, they basically shared a Google Doc. But the process of creating TV pilots, it's a little more complicated and involves more moving parts than a book. Yeah, which is something Allison was more aware of than Gabby. She'd interned in Hollywood and was familiar with all those expectations. I knew that when you get locked into a writing partner, that's often for your entire career and that that really And they make you split the money. And they make you split the fucking money. Ugh. 
Right. And so that – and, like, there was a lot of fighting about that. There, I, I had fought with my manager a lot about that. Yeah. Because he was really pressuring us to, like, be – to present as, as a writing team and, you know – it caused a lot of problems and a lot of it was my bullshit and then some of it was just like actually kind of unfair. And so yes. I think it, both of it, both things kind of like imploded and became a bigger thing than it maybe necessarily had to be. And I wasn't paying attention really. Like you were like so upset about this thing and I was like, what's going on? Why are we upset? And then like when we when we actually like hashed it out and you were like, well, I just want to be the, the writing person. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's fine. Like, it wasn't like, yeah. I was like, yeah, absolutely. But then, honestly, it, there were still projects after that where it no, wasn't. No, I know. Yeah, and so, I like, know. I had to sort of, like, wait this out. And then also, you know, it's an uncomfortable thing because you're like, one, it's your friend. And, and then, like, two, it's like, well, do I stand up for myself and do I cause all of this drama? Mm-hmm. Or do I say nothing and then, like, the resentment grows and I start to hate everybody and then mm-hmm. you know like I in a self-protective way I felt like I had to start standing up for myself mm-hmm. um and eventually people started to listen and now moving forward in like um scripted stuff like we have clear clear boundaries where it's like a story by us and then written by me in other words together they developed the idea for what the show would be you know like the overall story arc but as for the actual screenwriting that's all Allison and even, like, for the JBU podcast, we, like, figure out, you know, who who's better at what, quote-unquote. Like, Allison's putting together structure, but, like, the the guest list is, like, easier for me to reach out to. Like, there's, yeah. you know so what I mean? so I have to do the work, and Gabby knows all the famous people. <laughs> That's <laughs> sort of the thing. It's sort of the breakdown of our entire business yeah. relationship. Is, isn't it? It's like, it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit, I'm more of a schmoozer. Yeah. And, you know, and, like, it took me a while to realize that, like, that matters and that's brought a lot of value to us that, like, Gabby is out there and that she is, like, more well-known and she does, like, hang out with more people because she leaves her house more than me. And, (laughs) you know, and, like, it takes a while to, like, realize that, like, that's, like, just as important as, like, the stuff that you do alone on your computer. Yeah, because you need people to see it. Right. So I got to I got to be out there doing our Oscars campaign, you know? <laughs> I got to be out there going to the movies, doing the Q&As. <laughs> but uh, you know, I spent many many an hour in therapy getting over my resentment towards Gabby. And um it's very exciting to to be on the other side of it <laughs> and to and to not feel that way anymore about this person who's so important to you. Yeah, and you don't have to nobody has to be good at every each thing. You know what I mean? Like at, we each have a thing things that we're good at. It doesn't have to be like, well, we're both equally good at this. We're both equally good at mm-hmm. this. It's like sure. Well, and, and that's such a the kind of the deceptive thing it feels like with creative partnerships. I mean, Caroline and I have been podcasting forever together and also wrote a book together. And these kinds of dynamics sound very familiar because at first it's like, oh, yeah, we're like making this thing together, (laughs) you know, however it gets made. But, yeah, the deeper you get into it, it, you know, those kinds of strengths, weaknesses, whatever, really start to shake out in real time but you still have to like get your shit done mm-hmm. and you still have to hopefully like you have to see this person too i'm like gesturing to you Carol. Yeah. <laughs> i have to see this person Hi. um but yeah it can get, it can be confusing um and, well, and because tough. it's it's in the process of working together and having to realize those strengths and weaknesses you're not only realizing how you fit together you know personally and professionally but also like 
figuring out your own shit. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, it turns out I am really weird about this one thing. Absolutely. (laughs) Or even like, you know, we were in our 20s. Like, I don't think we knew what our strengths Mm. were. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. we knew what. I knew. Oh, you did? (laughs) I mean, I'm. No, I mean, I, yeah, like we had a lot of growing up to do. Kristen, again, you and I can totally relate to this. But what's so unique about Gabby and Allison is just how candid they both are about those struggles. And that level of openness they practice is exactly what Gabby and Allison preach about on Just Between Us. Well, y'all are big fans of what you call brutal honesty. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we're already it seems like we're already going there. We're already on this track. So, like, <laughs> I was like, what gave it away? <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean to you to be brutally honest and why is that important i think it's saying things um despite how the other person might react so like also like knowing that it's not not being defensive yeah like knowing that you're being like gabby says this a lot like she'll, she'll tell me something and then i'll like i'll be honest in my reaction whereas like a lot of other friends will just like tell her what she wants to hear and to me, like, that's not really, I mean, Ugh, some, like, some, I hate it, but I also, <laughs> I fucking, it's like very, it's like the thing of like, I know, like, I know what the answer is in my mind. And I know that you're going to say what the answer is in my mind, but I want someone to just go like to lie to me. Yeah. But I, I won't I, go to you if I want someone who's going <laughs> to lie to me because I know you're just going to make me confront the thing I already know. And I'm like, ugh. I've gotten better at sensing when people do want me to lie to them, so I will. Well, when is an example of, like, using brutal honesty with each other where it actually sort of changed either something you were working on or, like, the dynamic? I mean, the the fight in the middle of the book informed the rest of the book. Mm -hmm. The I Hate Everyone But You, our best-selling New York Times best-selling novel, no big deal. Um, Yeah, when Gabby stormed out of my apartment. Yes, we had like a the two characters were having like a a thing because one of them had just come out and was very um was very into being gay and no, your whole thing was you were like I want every character in this book to be gay and in queer. my in my side no but on both sides I didn't want your the girl's boyfriend but you to wanted be queer. like e- like e- pretty much like every extra character I stand by to it. be queer I stand by it Gabby and Allison's disagreement about the characters in the book reflected a bump in their own friendship road. Yeah, Gabby had started spending a lot of time with her fellow queer friends, and Allison was feeling a little left out. But we ended up using it in the book because it was, like, so weirdly mirrored what was going on. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think also a big part of being able to maintain the friendship when there's so much complications is not holding grudges and, like, actually letting go of stuff. Well, that's what happens. But I I wonder if people think that's sort of, like... um, cynical or crazy to be like we just had this big fight and the next thing that i text you is this should go in the book but that's sort of been what we've done always i know always our relationship has been mirrored in our work and like so it's kind of cathartic because like something will happen like one of the jbu sketches right is like about how gabby refuses to apologize yeah and like about i would say there's a few sketches where i refuse to apologize (laughs) (laughs) you know and like we were like this learning curve where i realized that like she just wouldn't say sorry for stuff and like all i wanted was just for her to apologize and to her 
that was just so scary and just something that didn't come naturally. Mm-hmm. And it would cause, it would make a small thing into such a bigger thing because I, I couldn't get that apology out of her. And I didn't realize that all you wanted was for me to say I'm sorry. Right. In my household growing up, it was like, if I said I was sorry, then I was admitting I was wrong and then I was opening myself up to more shit. No, to me, that's the end of it. Then yeah. you apologize, I forgive you, we move on. I did not know that that was the thing. And so it took years for her to become comfortable with that. And like... um. This past November, I think, uh, like, you forgot to to upload something or some technical issue. And, like, you know, it was kind of your fault. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, and, like, you know, and, like, you're on the phone. And, and I remember Gabby was just like, I'm really sorry. And I was like, wow, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I and think- I, I was over it. Whereas, like, a couple years ago when she would have just, like, made denials or, like, made excuses. And it, then I would have been pissed at her for, like, a week. Mm-hmm. But because she just was like, I'm sorry, I was like, no problem. Yeah, I started, I, I would always try to make excuses to because of just like the way I grew up. But I think like there was, I think I I said, I messed something else up and I just wrote back to you. I have, I have no excuse. I just keep fucking up. <laughs> and you were like, okay. Yeah. Like that's what I want to hear. Like it, it, cause to me, I'm the opposite of like making excuse. Like I go to apology very quickly and I like, I think it's really important to like take ownership over your actions. And so as soon as somebody does that, I'm like, oh, like, is, can I help? Like, I'm so sorry yeah. you're sad. Like, let's figure this out instead of, like, me reacting so negatively to defensiveness. hmm But that's a real journey we've been on. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. yeah. And, and it sounds like it's required as much learning how to be brutally honest with each other as it has learning how to be brutally honest with yourselves. Totally. Absolutely. Oh, we're both in therapy. I think <laughs> – I, I don't think we would be able to – to, like, exist with each other if we weren't both in therapy. Yeah, if there wasn't also self-awareness, this thing would have imploded a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I really had to, yeah, because it's, like, a lot of looking back and being like, why am I this way? Oh, this is how I grew up. You know, mm-hmm. this is taking taking stock of the way that my parents behave and then being like, okay, like, what about that pisses me off? And then I go and do that to other people. You know, like, just kind of, like, really uh, a lot of introspection that maybe wouldn't have happened of six years ago. Yeah, I feel like a key thing, a key turning point for you and me, Caroline, was the more we've been open with each other just about, like, our everyday, like, mental health. Mm -hmm. Of just, like, as soon as I can say to Caroline, like, I am really fucking anxious today and I feel super scrambled, um, it just, I don't know, it like, putting that out there immediately— eases tension mm-hmm. yeah yeah I feel like it's really related to it's kind of the same thing as what Allison was saying about like as soon as you apologize like okay we can move on mm-hmm. like as soon as you and I could admit to each other I'm feeling super weird today super sad there was one time I came over to Kristen's house and I was essentially throwing a toddler tantrum <laughs> like I might as well have been on the floor kicking my legs and uh Kristen was like what's what's going on like did I do something and I was like no I just feel really bad and sick and tired today and and it was kind of like okay well so now we know what the fuck is up right Right. well and I probably said me too (laughs) and when that sort of happens and the other person at least without like then it goes into like protector mode right rather than what did I do totally yeah and then it's like so then let's say we have to shoot something that day then whoever's having the bad day kind of gets to take a step back and the other person sort of steps up and like Mm -hmm. make sure they do the minimum that they have to do because they're going through a tough time like I feel like we've both sort of like done that Mm -hmm. for each other Mm -hmm. a bunch yeah for sure 
that's such a crucial milestone to get to when you're working with friends, Caroline. Like, when it becomes an actual partnership. Totally. Next up, Gabby and Allison's brutally honest advice for getting brutally honest. Stick around. One part of the show, both on the channel and on the podcast, is, like, uh, questions from our fans and, Mm -hmm. like, from viewers or listeners. And so, so far on the podcast, we've mostly kind of covered, like, within, like, the romantic relationship sphere. Yeah, like, what if my boyfriend is pro-life? What if— And that was a quick one. We were like, get rid of him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what do you want me to say besides dump him? Next question. (laughs) We're back with brutally honest besties Gabby Dunn and Allison Raskin. And that hold-no-punches approach they take with their own relationship, they bring it to the fans, too. So Just Between Us talks a lot about dating advice and, like, romantic advice. But I'm curious, from y'all's legions of fans, what do you feel like the biggest friendship questions are that you get from from fans? Like, what's the stuff that people get, get especially stuck on? Um, breaking up with a friend and then, and then feelings for friends, feeling having, yes, that's a big one is having feelings for friends for sure, which I never, I I guess I understand the not wanting to ruin the friendship thing. I've never not wanted to ruin the friendship in my life. (laughs) Everyone I've dated, I've known in some other capacity, you know, like I've never been on like a Tinder, like we don't know each other first date. I will argue that one guy, that your last boyfriend, though, you just started dating. You weren't friends with him first. But I met him at a comedy show. It but wasn't that's like still we, how people date. You're just only saying you don't online date, but you still date. We also didn't go on like a first date. Okay, I'm not going to get into the semantics, but I, <laughs> I'm talking about I a first Gabby date is, where you, Gabby is misleading I'm, you No, I'm talking about a first date where you haven't fucked yet and you're just sitting at a dinner being like, where did you grow up? Oh, you I mean, mean every night of my fucking right. life. I've never done that. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, I don't. That seems terrible. So I only like people like friends or people I know in some other context. But it is really interesting because I have had like a few close friends have feelings for me. Wow, brag. And I know, pretty cool. And um, and like our friendships have been fine. Like yeah. it's like I think that there is a way through it. I think that because like because you have boundaries. We've talked about this. Sometimes what the the advice we always give when someone has a, a crush on a friend is like. Or, or if someone is um, a friend that's being crushed on, we're like, you have to set a clear boundary and then stick to it. Like, you can't, like, be like, I'm mm. not interested in you. But then when you're drunk, like, lay all over them. You have to, like, be like, I am not interested and I will behave. My words and actions will match up entirely. Because that's what Allison does. Is like, with the one person that I think we're both thinking of, like, the, you, you've never even been like, no, I'm not interested. Oh, maybe I am interested. You've just been like, I am not interested and I will behave as such. Like, and I yeah, think you can't lo- lead your friend on. If you yeah. know your friend has those feelings, you have like, and you want to maintain the friendship and you know that you don't want to cross that line. Like you have to treat them with respect and you have to like have communication. And also you have to just not freak out. Like, yeah. I think, you know, there's a, like this sense of like, oh my God, you like me? Gross. Like, see you never. And like, it's, it's very natural to like your friends because you like them to begin with. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, some people will, like, all you know, how many times have you been like, why are you flirting back with that person? And then they're like, I just like the attention. And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah, I never do that. Right. I never, never flirt with someone I don't like. 
Ever. You Ever. never do. No. It's very weird. Is it? I think so. <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I find it the hardest to flirt with someone I like. So I think I accidentally end up flirting <laughs> yeah. with people I don't like just because it's easier because if it's someone I am attracted to, I, what words could I string together? Right. <laughs> Answer, few. Yeah. <laughs> So this is a super gender-reductive question, but relevant. Is it harder for girlfriends to fight and make up? I think men don't talk to each other. Yeah, men don't talk to each other. I got to think that they're mm. friends and they don't ever hash anything out. It's truly bananas what I've witnessed. I think some some guys who say that, that they're best friends, I don't even consider them friends. <laughs> they like know nothing, nothing <laughs> about, about each, each other. other. I know, it's truly wild. Like, um, to me, it's not like hours banked. It's like how well do you know that person? Like how yeah. how do you know what's going on with them in their internal life? And I think a lot of male friends really don't know that about each other. I had I have a, a guy that I was friends with that I was talking to about some some stuff, and then he I said, "Well, do you have other people that you talk to?" And he was like, "Well, the only people that I really have these like emotional conversations with are my female friends." Mm. He's like, "My other mm. my other female friends I talk to all the time." He's like, "I don't have." He was like actually realizing it in real time. He was like, "I don't think." I have a male friend that I have these types of conversations with and I was like you're clearly like as a straight guy like starving for this sort of conversation (laughs) and you think you can only get it from women yeah I was just (laughs) like side note I was just one of my one of my BFFs is a dude and we have known each other for way more than a decade and we do have those like super in-depth long emotional conversations and anyway he has this really close guy friend who went through kind of a messy divorce and I was like well how is he doing Mm -hmm. like has he said anything about like the process or like whatever and he was literally like uh yeah I don't know I mean I don't (laughs) I don't ask him about yeah, that. I can't we don't, even we don't tell you how that. many times I've had that exact conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. Where I'll be like, how's he doing? Or like, what ha- Like, what, what happened? And they're like, nah, I don't know. So for folks listening who might be in a situation where they do need to have maybe an uncomfortable conversation, be exercise some brutal honesty with a close friend, what is your advice for them? Allison? <laughs> She's better at this. I think your intentions have to be clear and and your intentions need to be that you're looking out for them and that like you care about them and that it's coming from a place of love. And I, another big thing that I do a lot when I'm having tough conversations with my friends is I bring it back to my own personal experience. So I'll be like, instead of being like, your boyfriend's a dickhead, I'll be like, you know, when I was with so-and-so, he would do this and that that would make me feel like that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, do they relate to that? Then like, Mm -hmm. is that an opening? Can you explore that further? So that you're not preaching to them. You're more just like trying to um, understand them and and like, and come to it from a place of love. Mm -hmm. Well, I had, I I have had like multiple sit-down conversations with this one girl and we just like, yeah, it's, it's, it was awkward. Like, I'm not going to say, like, oh, it was easy, like, to just tell her what she did. It was, like, it's just really – it's as awkward as a breakup conversation. Even more so because you can, like – I feel like you can tell your partner, like, hey, you did this thing I don't like. But with a friend, it felt very unnatural. And I – and I my first – the first way that I conveyed that I was upset was, like, in a passive-aggressive text message. Like, I'm not <laughs> – I'm not a role model. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd also say that, like, I don't – I don't bother all the time. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you have to sort of, like, think about how important is this relationship to you? Is it worth the the emotional work 
that will go into being brutally honest? Is it worth opening this door mm-hmm. and like having this conversation? And honestly, with some friends, it's just not. And like it's easier just to like let it fade or like in mm-hmm. my head a lot of times what I'll do is like I'll I'll demote them in my head of yeah. like how close of a friend they are to me. And so I'll be like, okay, this person is not providing what a best friend to me provides. And so they're now like maybe a good friend or just a regular friend. And then my expectation from them changes. And that's like, that's been a healthy way I've been able to deal with stuff without having to like hash it out with everyone about everything. Yeah, sort of in between there, like there was this girl I was friends with for for several years. And I just realized one day, I guess it's when I started treating myself better, maybe. But I just realized one day that she was really fucking mean to me. Yes. And rather than either demote her or have a breakup conversation, I sort of did what people advise you to do when you're in an unhealthy, like romantic situation where I just cut her out like yeah. I ghosted I essentially ghosted and it's not like she followed up you know in the situation <laughs> yeah. where she's like oh no this good friend of mine is ignoring me no like bitch didn't say anything <laughs> and um I just also was so much happier and I feel like even mentally healthier after cutting her out and realizing oh guess what I get to choose who I am friends yes. with and if people treat me poorly A, they're not a friend, and B, I don't have to try to make them a friend. That's huge. And that's something that, like, I don't think we learn until we're adults because so much of friendship growing up is just who's around. Yes. It's like, oh, we go to the same school, we're friends. We got room together at college, we're friends, you know? And things come back around. Like, yeah. That, like, it's going to ebb and flow. And, mm-hmm. and like, I think, yeah, I think that realization of, that like, you get to actually pick your friends is huge mm-hmm. and also such a relief. Right. Yeah, it's it's been until um, uh, shockingly recently for me to really come to terms with the fact that not everyone is going to like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's okay. And that doesn't mean that I'm like a total dirtbag. Totally. <laughs> I mean, you are a dirtbag, but, it, you know. <laughs> you know, but I'm just not a dirtbag for everyone. Right. And that's okay. You're my kind of dirtbag. There, there also Thank needs you, to same. be chemistry in friendship. I mm-hmm. think no one ever talks about, like, of course you're like, oh, there's a spark with this person I want to date. But there's got to be a spark with people you want to be friends with, too. And, like, that's something you can't force. So I've, like, had these, like people where I've like tried to become their friend and like we've hung out a couple times alone and it just never took off. Yeah. (laughs) The way like a lot of romantic relationships don't take off. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with either person. There's just no, no chemistry. It's very weird auditioning friends. Like there's a girl that I'm like, is like tries to hang out and I'm like auditioning her as a friend. And how's it going? Well, I was, I was funny. It was like a date. Like uh, we hung out last night and I like went into it like the whole day being like, ugh, what is this going to be? I don't know. Like annoying. And then like, I was like, Oh no, we like had a, they like talked and like actually like shut the restaurant down. Like cool. Oh nice. But like I and did you try to sleep with her? I didn't <laughs> because it's because I, it's 2019 and it's a new Gabby. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I know I didn't. I thought I thought I should, but then I didn't. Good. I know. Look can at you, you can you believe Making it? Making friends. Can you believe it? Not really. conversation with Gabby and Allison, I feel like it's just a crucial kick in the pants because even though my logical brain knows how important it is to practice clear and sometimes brutal honesty, it's really hard. And so I feel like we got an excellent, not only sort of explanation and bit of encouragement from them, 
but they kind of showed us how it's done. Yeah, because our, our question going into this was, how do we stay honest with our friends, even when the truth might hurt? And it seems like big answers to that are to let yourself be uncomfortable. And underscoring all of that, too, is mental health. Mm. I think that you can remain honest with your friends when we're also honest with ourselves Real. about how we feel. Um, it really does all boil down to honesty and it can be a hard policy, but it's still the best one. Totally. And we know that y'all love Gabby and Allison, so don't forget to check them out on YouTube and subscribe to their new podcast, which is also called Just Between Us. It's out tomorrow and you can get it anywhere you get your pods. And keep an eye out for their next book, Please Send Help. And you can pre-order that now. That comes out in July. But oh you, my God, you, please pre-order. Yeah, pre-order it. <laughs> If you want to know more about friendship, gal-palling, and work-wifing, check out our book, Unladylike, A Field Guide to Smashing the Patriarchy and Claiming Your Space. You can find out more at unladylike.co slash book. And now we want to know how y'all keep your friendship boats afloat. Do you ever find it hard to be brutally honest with your besties? Do you have any tips or tricks for making those conversations happen? Or is there something that you're stuck on that you just don't know? how to bring it up. Email us at hello at unladylike.co and hit us up on all the socials at unladylike media. And also be sure to join the conversation and hey, maybe crowdsource some friendship help over at our new Unladylike Facebook group. Abigail Keel is the senior producer of Unladylike. Nora Ritchie is our associate producer. Gianna Palmer is our story editor and Ash Sanders transcribes our tape. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Mixing, sound design, and additional music is by Casey Holford. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Jenny Rattle at Mast. Special thanks to John Asante and Kristen Torres at Stitcher West. And we are your hosts, Caroline Irvin and Kristen Conger. Next week, the 90s called and they want their scrunchies back. And their bitchification of women. All of the women who made news in the 90s, they were treated like bitches. The only difference between them was what kind. Journalist Allison Yero breaks down the 90s, bitch. And you don't want to miss it. Make sure you're subscribed to Unladylike in Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. And remember, got a problem? Get Unladylike. But yeah, congrats on the new podcast. Thank you. And also um, take Zantac 150 every morning. <laughs> Stitcher.